0: This is Storage Unpacked. Subscribe at storageunpacked.com.
1: This is Chris Evans with a Storage Unpacked podcast, and I'm here today with a returning guest, and that is Al Janis from the PCI SIG. In fact, President and Chair of the PCI SIG, Al. Yep. Thanks for having me back, uh, Chris. I must have not done too bad last time oh it was great last time in fact you were on the podcast the last time in march 2022 which was only six months ago to talk about pcie 6.0 the specification actually i remember that really quite well because we recorded that and i was in a hotel room and i was really worried that the broadband connection wouldn't really work but it worked out really well so uh, it's good to have you back would you like to just take a second and just give everybody an idea of what you do? Because, you know, you're not just the uh, president of the PCI-SIG. You have another job, a day job as well. Don't sure.
0: I, I work for IBM. Um, we, we just chatted, uh, Chris, at the Flash Memory Summit. so I actually We work. did? Yeah. yeah. So I actually work on in on Flash controllers for uh, IBM. So has a PCI Express connection. So, you know, I, I work where I, we're sort of where I play, <laughs> if you will.
1: Yeah, perfect. Now, we talked about the PCIe 6.0 specification back in March. And when we met the Flash Memory Summit only, well, actually, it's just over a m- month ago, isn't it? It's That's about right. five weeks ago. We were talking about the PCIe 7.0 specification. And I thought it would be great to just get you to come and have a quick chat, give us an idea of where we stand with that. What will be part of that? and just help people continue to understand the timelines of 6 and 7 as things start to get rolled out.
0: So what were you announcing? What were you talking to me about at that event? Sure. Um, In June, in in our developers conference, we did announce that uh, we're going to go to PCIe 7.0 in three years, in 2025. Uh, That'll be our target for the specification release. So we're excited. We seem to be settling on a three-year cadence. You know, we're settling on a three-year cadence. The industry is settling on a three-year cadence. Everybody expects or wants their I.O. bandwidth to double every three years. So in 2025, we'll target uh, 128 gigabytes per second or transfers per second. We'll have a uh, PAN4. We started doing the investigation, the pathfinding, the work. Obviously, the the electrical challenges, they're just going to get harder and harder. But we see a path leveraging a lot, what's already done in the industry with uh, Ethernet uh, with their 112 gig ethernet controllers that already exist. So yeah, we're excited. Uh, We seem to have a good cadence here, as I mentioned, three years. At the Flash Memory Summit, Chris, as you saw, there was a lot of 5.0 announcements. So our 5.0 is sort of locked and loaded. We have our compliance and integrators list. And if I may, Chris, I just want to sort of point that out to our members and to your viewers that yep, our, sure. our compliance yep. is a very important recipe for our success you know recently i was having a, an issue in the lab and i was like oh we probably have an electrical issue so i met with the vendor and one of the first things he said is no i passed compliance i got 3 db of margin i'm like oh so it must be something else right it get that compliance and that getting on our integrators list helps you know our members with their confidence level you know gives everybody the assurance you know, they're going to interoperate with other uh, devices, if they're a motherboard or if they're an adding card. And it's free. It's free to our members. It's something that we run almost every three months. Uh, I think our next stop is in Asia. Um, actually, we're going to South Korea for our uh, compliance testing. You know, I, I don't want to sort of sugarcoat that. that. That's an important part of our recipe and something that we offer to our members. So, you know, please, folks, you know, take advantage of it. It's a, It's a good thing. You know, if I had to think about a couple of things that have been successful for us for the last 30 years, one is compliance testing, and one is the uh, backwards compatibility, the ability for even for 7.0 to have a 7.0 device plug into a 6.0 motherboard and work, and a 6.0 device to plug into a 7.0 motherboard and work, the ability to for PCI Express to support Previous generations is an important part of our recipe of success within the organization.
1: Okay, so you've got a great chart, which helps people understand that. Which I'll put put onto this um, podcast again because we published it last time, and it's uh, it's obviously now been expanded. That's but right. Just to give people an idea, the number of rows isn't changed. Because we've sorry, is changed yep. because we've got PCIe 1 to 7 now. That's right. But the number of columns has not changed Correct. because we're still only up to 16 lanes. Yes, that's right. Now, within that, that now gets us up to 512 gigabytes a second. Yeah, that's crazy. Which I, I'm guessing is a total of receive and transmit performance. That's right. Performance. Yeah,
0: in, in the top we mentioned that PCI Express, if everybody knows, is full duplex. So it, we, we can receive while we transmit. That also mentions a little bit, if, if I may, Chris, talk a little bit sure. to the, um, so one of the things that we presented at the Flash Memory Summit was the, we talked a little bit about our packet definition in 6.0, just to make sure that folks know, you know, sort of how we, we got there. So for 6.0, the new packet definition shows that we're going to send, always send 236 bytes of transaction layer data. And then we have a fixed uh, 6 bytes of data link layer and uh, 8 byte of CRC and a 6 bytes of the forward error correcting code that we need for PAM4. PAM4 kind of drove us to a fixed set of bytes. And with these, this definition that we came up with, we're always able to guarantee uh, flow control with the 6 bytes of data link layer. The retry mechanism that we have for PCIe 6.0. Using the increased uh, eight bytes of CRC, so that's kind of how we we got around the uh, low latency in the forward error correcting code, because Ethernet tends to use a bigger bigger value, and so it causes a greater uh, latency uh, impact. Okay, we always talk about throughput, though, don't we? We talk about throughput a lot, and
1: we think that um, everything, well, people very quickly think everything's about throughput, but actually latency is super important. Yeah, and as we without, I'm not leading on to talk about uh, technology in specifics, but when we look at things like CXL coming up and other technologies that potentially will want as low a latency as possible Correct. because they're connecting memory, the latency issue becomes really interesting to make sure we're you know, we we're, we're really focused on that.
0: Yeah, and as you mentioned, CXL is um, using PCIe Express, and yes, and they have a lot of different uh, solutions and applications, and low latency is, is for sure one of the one of the criteria that they like about PCI Express. So in terms of looking back at our diagram again, so we now have seven
1: rows, PCIe 1 to 7, X as, uh, as it's written. So just to remind ourselves, compatibility is forward and backwards across any of those. Correct. versions, Isn't it amazing? We talked about this last time, but I don't know of any technology that does it to the same degree. Yeah.
0: Uh, to be honest, we, we uh, keep thinking it's a challenge, and it is a challenge. But we keep executing, and our members love it. Uh, so we keep, you know, not letting that go. You know, sometimes if you define something as a goal, you you can achieve it. Well, if you sort of give up on it, you know, it's it's gone and it's gone forever. So we keep making it a goal and we keep uh, having our engineers and figure out ways to, to support it. So in terms of what, what else is in 7, is this just
1: gonna be a, a performance boost? No, I'm because sure it look?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Chris. Oh, yeah, I'm sure the protocol team is also gonna continue to uh, come up with ideas, um, right. maintaining power. Um, I think we chatted a little bit that Automotive space is one of our new targets. Okay. So maybe the automotive space, folks, um, we need to do some changes to make it more uh, adoptable for automotive. So, yeah, the protocol team is is always cooking things up. So I still expect them to come up with uh, protocol efficiencies or new features to support some of these alternate protocols or, you know, o- other technology niches that we want to, um, you know, increase our adoption in power then let you just you mentioned
1: briefly power i think that one th- this might seem like a really stupid uh, comment but it just seems to me that if you want to put twice as much data through a a, a connection then potentially you're pushing electrons a lot harder through that connection so maybe you have to have uh, a higher power throughput in order to achieve that in simple terms i don't you know i'm not trying to get into the detail of exactly how it works but clearly, power efficiency is going to be an, an increasing problem the faster we push these uh, sort of interfaces.
0: Yeah, and, and like you said, the laws of physics, uh, we can't change them uh, no matter what we do. Uh, yeah. But uh, what sort of the, the mantra that we talk about is that a by two PCIe 7.0 solution will be more power efficient than a by four PCIe 6.0 solution. In other words, running two uh, lanes faster is more power efficient than running four lanes, sort of slower at, at equivalent bandwidth. So that's kind of our mantra that we don't take a step backwards, that we're still as good or better than the previous generation, power per bandwidth. That's the criteria that we like to use. Right. So I'm
1: looking at your diagram again. Again, we'll publish this. And in there, you've effectively diagonally striped equivalent speeds in in the same color. So that there's like a rainbow effect across yeah. diagonally. Now, just looking at what you said there, that would say to me that PCIe 7 at times 2, which is 64 gigabytes a second, has the equivalent to PCIe 6 at four lanes, That's right. giving you 64 gigabytes a second. That's right. You're saying that the aim is always to make that 64 gigabytes a second on the higher PCIe version release, more power efficient.
0: Yeah, that what I'm saying is that the same bandwidth and both that running those two lanes at twice the speed is more power efficient than running the four lanes at the you know half the speed. So, same bandwidth, but if you go to a by two 70, oh, that's going to be bandwidth per, per watts is going to be more uh, efficient than a, a by four PCIe 6.0 solution.
1: Right. And could we apply that logic across the whole diagram? Oh yeah. So can, oh for sure. We can just say that if we look at it yes. that 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 fits across the board. Yeah. So I think that's quite an important thing for people who are looking at systems design, isn't it, you know? Oh yeah.
0: And, you know, that's one of the reasons that uh, somebody may at the even they may not go to the next generation for increased bandwidth. They may go there to like we mentioned before, cable solutions that, you know, are sensitive to how, how big is my cable? So if I have a by four, that's not going to work in my in my box. But oh, by two, yeah, I can cable that. Um, the cable is going to cost less. There's less wires that I, I need to cable. Or my package, my package maybe can't support a by eight solution PCIe 5.0. But if I can go to a PCIe 7.0 by two, maybe that's going to fit my package or reduce my cost of my of my chip or whatever. We got this you know plethora of options and depending on your needs depending on your application you can pick and choose and it may not be because of the higher bandwidth it may be because of the less lanes
1: right now i think that's quite an interesting scenario because when i was walking the show floor at flash memory summit one of the solutions i saw was I think it was Marvell had something where they had basically two servers with a shared disk interface in between. And both of them had a PCIe external cabling connection into that shared shared shelf of, I guess it was DRAM or it was something similar. And they were using that to, sh- to demonstrate shared memory between two servers using CXL. Now that to me seems like a mm-hmm. bit of an example of where you think that might make sense where you want to minimise the number of lanes because of the the cable density and and the cost Correct. and everything, Correct. and it sounds to me that this is going to be very interesting as we start to look at CXL because now there's even more choice it's not going to be a case of saying I'll just stick something in the box because the whole protocol is going to develop into something that could expand very very much physically not just you know been in the same box so things like that your ability to increase PCIe speed and manage the power is going to become really critical to the success of technologies like
0: CXL for sure and uh, you mentioned cables and that's something that we're going to Megan and I are working on is trying to sort of document our cable activities because we got two efforts going on in the PCIe SIG right now. Uh, We're trying to standardize an internal cable specification and an external cable specification to support these higher clock speeds, 5.0, 6.0, to make them low cost and to sort of uh, rally the industry over two specifications so we can all um, use a common cable spec for internal and external usage. So that's one of the, another effort that we have inside the SIG. And here in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to share with you uh, what some of our status is for that. Now, all of this is really
1: interesting to me because we've ended up with a situation where when I went around Flash Memory Summit, I saw a lot of not bespoke hardware being built but a lot more focus on the detail of the hardware. So I saw solutions that, for instance, were end-to-end database server through storage, through networking, all in one package, almost you know, back into sort of mainframe style design. Mm-hmm. Not, but that, that sounds a bit harsh, doesn't it? But just generally a focus on, high integration and connectivity between the components now it just strikes me that we're moving back into a situation where because the latencies are so low because the performance is so high we're less in a situation these days about being able to just plug something together off the shelf and say i'm sure it'll work which it will but now we have to start thinking in a little more detail about some of the design requirements of what we want even down to the cable level and it seems to be that people want to build these sort of more bespoke solutions and as a result things like the cabling side of things are going to be even more critical because now we're having to go down to quite a low level of design within the way we think of how systems are going to be built
0: yeah and everybody's trying to differentiate themselves so if they look at the whole problem end to end maybe i can you know do a tweak here and gain an advantage and do a tweak over there and gain an advantage from our perspective we see a lot of different uh, cable solutions out there. So we're trying to rally around one that will be uh, standardized and also sort of uh, compliant where, you know, we know right. people are not using a cable that maybe isn't designed to to achieve 5.0 speeds or, or 6.0 or, you know, now 7.0. So from a standards perspective, it's important for us to be able to say this is the cable that we know can hit these data rates and that we're supplying the ecosystem with these uh, tools in the toolbox that they can use you know because we're just all about just trying to make sure that we've created an environment that people can proliferate you know PCI express technology successfully
1: i think i would have align it with what we see in the uh, SSD market where we've seen a lot more thought gone into form factors, form factors that are better for the heat dissipation rather than just meeting the standard two and a half inch model that we always had. So there's a lot more thought gone into that level of what what do we really need for the product, rather than just trying to meet a measurement that has come along historically? So again, I think another example of all of these things where the components are very important into the the future design of how we're building systems.
0: Our industry is uh, doing fantastic, really. There's always innovation. Everybody's always looking, whether it's the connectors, whether it's the cards, whether it's the you know the the protocol, the technology. Everybody is innovating in all aspects you need all the aspects to to be successful so it's you know really a an exciting times it was great to see a lot of the 5.0 solutions out there already so hopefully there was some inkling about 6.0 and I presented on 6.0 but um, you know hopefully you know folks are you know start developing 6.0 solutions and then you know obviously 7.0 down the road and everybody knows our, our timeline everybody knows you know when they can switch to one or the other and hopefully the you know everybody's We're all the same point in the same direction. Let's just talk about timelines then as we sort of wrap up. So just looking
1: at um, your presentation and what you just said uh, there in terms about 2025 for PCIe 7, obviously we're starting to see PCIe 5 devices come out, which to my mind has a degree of, although that's not strictly true, I was going to say one thing and I think I've self-corrected halfway through a sentence, which I normally don't do. And that's, I was going to say that, you know, we sort of follow the chipset side of things, which possibly is true for the PCIe specification that goes along with a particular um, chip architecture. But actually, doesn't stop you developing devices that no, it doesn't. are forward compatible to that, which are plugged in. I think we talked about that last time. So although it might be common sense to think initially that these specification generations will align to processor roadmaps, it's actually not a requirement for any of the no. devices to do
0: that at all. No, it's not. But, you know, if you look at the timeline, we released 5.0 in May 2019, and we have products three years later, 2022, we have our integrators list. So, we should expect, most likely, 2025, 6.0 products uh, released, working integrators list, and then around that time frame, 7.0 spec will be released in 2025, and then three years later, 2028, we'll see products, we'll see integrators list, we'll see compliance testing. It's a we kind of have a a nice understanding of the roadmap and when you're developing a part when is it going to be released which technology should you use should you do 60 50 70 you know based on this these you know six years uh, timeline of which technology to pick based on your needs based on your performance targets are you going to want to run 800 gigabit ethernet do you want to spend the money to support the higher cost of associated with, you know, with running these technologies. Nothing's free, you still got to have that Megtron, you know, high loss or low loss material to build these uh, high-speed motherboards and, you know, it's all about the loss calculations. So, you know, it, nothing's free, so are you willing to invest to, to get those bandwidth numbers?
1: Yeah, and the stability of that is really quite important because if you're forward planning how long you're going to run something for, if you're building an architecture, you want to know has it got a a certain lifetime, and if you're going to buy components that have got a certain lifetime, yeah, you want to know that you're not going to suddenly find that they've been obsoleted because of something like, oh, well, we've moved on to the next generation of motherboard, and then all those devices you just bought, sorry, none of those work anymore. Perfect. So that's a really important thing, I think, to have that stability and that predictability around how these sort of things are developed, because then it really does help you do your your planning. And in the days as we started to talk a lot more about ESG and our sustainability, and how we actually build efficient systems, not just ones that deliver for the application that sort of thing is going to become i think a discussion point more and more
0: yeah and that's back to my backward compatibility right i can develop Mm. this yeah exactly i I developed this 5.0 solution and i can still keep using it even though the motherboards that came in 6.0 you know we're not the adding car guys are not tied into the motherboard development or the processor roadmaps you can you can sort of disjointly develop these things and you know that they're all going to converge you know you're not going to lose any business um, you can go to the next technology node to replace it down the road, but it's uh, the backward compatibility helps a lot with the business model. It's a it's a really a yeah. business model way of getting folks to do it. And like you said, everybody knows that PCI Express has got legs because we're now seven zero. You know, you you know if you do one pam four device uh, serializer, you know you can use it again because we're going to use it on on yeah. seven zero.
1: Yeah, brilliant. So that was really interesting. It's great to get an update on it. And you know, six months in, we've got an, another, you know, another update, which is really uh, interesting and useful to help us understand where this is headed. Now, if I'm people are listening to this, and they want to go and find out a bit more information, uh, can we point them towards say, blogs or websites, other sorts of material, where where should we uh, point them to?
0: Yeah, so we have a www.pcisig.com. Chris, we got 933 members, if you're not a member, please join. Be part of the development of these specifications, and you know have firsthand information of when the specifications get released. You know we're one single tier, like we mentioned before. Organization very open, very open IP policy, reciprocal, and non-discriminatory. So it's a it's a good place to develop specifications. Brilliant, Al. Thanks for your time again. I'd look forward to catching up the next time. I'm not sure when that's going to be
1: because theoretically it's another three years before PCIe 8. But I'm sure there'll be an excuse or a reason to chat. If not, Flash so. Memory Summit next year. But until then, thanks for for uh, chatting with us and uh, good to catch up. All right. Thanks, Chris. My pleasure.
0: You've been listening to Storage Unpacked. For show notes and more, subscribe at storageunpacked.com. Follow us on Twitter at Storage Unpacked or join our LinkedIn group by searching for Storage Unpacked Podcast. You can find us on all good podcatchers, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks for listening.